Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here with Aaron Keller, and today we have two podcast experts, really. They're on all the time. Um, Jess Brooks, it's been a while from our southern region. She's one of our wildlife educators. Welcome, Jess. Thank you for having me. Of course. And then Julie, who I think it's only been a few weeks since we've heard from her, another I'm just going to call you a wildlife educator. It's easier. <laughs> she educates totally the on wild. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we actually, right before the show, we were talking about how a few weeks ago we talked to Rob Laurie, and we did a great podcast with him on birding, but he talked, he's kind of hardcore about it. He travels all over the state, and it's awesome to hear from him. He sets records, but for people that, don't want to travel or don't have the means to travel, you could bird right in your backyard. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and it's also the backyard bird count coming up. So does one of you want to explain what that is exactly? Sure. So the, the great backyard bird count or also the GBBC is an annual event. It's global. <laughs> so anyone can participate from anywhere in your backyard, from your kitchen window, um, from your street, even if you go on a nature walk or something like that. It's, um, it's a, so it's a global collaboration between the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, the National Audubon Society and Birds Canada. And it's a, an annual event, takes place in February. This year, it starts on February 12th through the 15th. So these days, anyone, if you're traveling or not traveling, if you're just kind of hanging out at home, you can record the birds that you see um, online or through some apps and the data that gets collected is super useful um, to us and scientists for keeping track of birds and their patterns every year in between their migratory seasons. Um, it's also super fun and easy way to get outside and enjoy nature. It's an excuse to get outside. And um, how, so how does it work exactly? Like where do they send this data and are they just going out and counting birds that they see? How does it work? Like what are the specifics on it? So you have to, there's a minimum, you have to watch birds for at least 15 minutes. So it's not like, oh, I saw one bird, I'm going to submit it. Um, it has to be somewhat intentional, but you have four whole days. So it's the 12th through the 15th. You have four whole days to get your at least 15 minutes of watching in, and then you can submit your list to eBird. And most birders are probably very familiar with eBird because it is a very, very useful app. It's also a desktop browser, um, but it is a place where people can create lists. So for like the serious birders like Rob that you mentioned, they probably have a whole lifetime list of all their birds in eBird. But for a beginner, 
you can make one list. Like I don't list uh, very often. My eBird, actually I also like created one and forgot my password. So I lost a bunch of birds, but I have like four lists in my eBird account. I don't have very many, but uh, you can go into eBird. It's super easy to use. You can also use it on your phone, which is very easy to use. And you can click through while you're outside. Um, and you can also use it in tandem with another app that helps you ID. So if you're, you're a very beginner, there's a lot of different tools that you can use, but you submit it to eBird and that's where all the data gets counted. And last year, it's actually really, really cool. If you go to birdcount.org, they have all this cool data. And one of my favorite things is they have a live map that shows little dots of everyone in the whole world who's submitting lists. And it really is a global event. And uh, last year they had 194 countries that participated in the Great Backyard Bird Count. Wow, I know when I was talking to Jess about it, I was like, is this a nationwide thing? Just assuming it was nationwide, but it's global. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really cool that that many countries um, take part in it. Um, so is this something like is there advice to families like could families just take their kids out or is it more for people that know their birds since you're having to put a list together or i know you always mention apps and things like that that maybe they could download if they if they don't know their birds that well suggestions for families with kids who want to get out and take part in it i think that this is a great activity for any level of birder and there are a lot of resources on there. So I briefly mentioned the Merlin Bird ID app. And uh, also we are doing a series, a birding series for webinars. And last night was the introduction to birding, which covered a little bit of this. But next week actually will be birding toolkit, which will cover a lot more of the beginning tools that you need, those apps, different websites. But um, the Merlin Bird ID app is a really great app to use. It cover it asks you basically four questions, which last night's webinar covered. It's size and shape, um, color pattern, behavior, and then location. And it's those four questions and you go through whatever it is that you saw and it'll pop up a series of birds that could be in that area that meet some of those criteria and you can make the connection. And then you can also, from that app, you ID it, you can also click a button and it'll take you to eBird so you can put it in your list. That sounds so fun for families to do because then not only are you creating the list, but you're identifying, it's almost like a game in a way, you're identifying the different birds and trying to match what they are. Um, so definitely get out there, everyone. You said it's February 12th through 15th. Um, yeah. And then, so they just, all they need to submit though is just a quick a list of what the type of birds they saw they don't need to include any other details or anything i think they need to include the the number of birds that they saw for that species but that's it and that's pretty easy um it's especially fun if you just want to kind of hang out in one location for 15 minutes and sort of let the birds come to you. You know, if you go out in nature or on a trail and you hang out for 15 minutes, the birds will usually come over and check you out because they're pretty darn curious. But it's easy to, you know, set a timer for 15 minutes, say, oh, I saw this one bird. And then five minutes later, the birds will come check you out. And then if you are 
going through your app, you can learn their song, you can learn what they eat, you can learn where they nest, so you're learning and recording. Um, and then you can say, oh, I saw 12 <laughs> of the, this particular type of sparrow. Um, so you're learning something and putting it out data. And yeah, you have to hit the minimum of 15 minutes, but that is not long at all. Like if you're going outside, you might as well take part in this. That sounds super fun. Aaron, were you going to say something? I just go by whether you're on mute or not. <laughs> yeah, no, when, uh, when Julie was talking, I keep thinking backyard bird count. To me, it seems like it would be a small, it would be small, right? But I clicked on the birdcount.org website and almost 300,000 people participate this in this over the over a couple days or a few days and more than 27 million birds get counted that's it's like it's it's such a huge number to mm -hmm. me and almost 7,000 different types of birds are are identified in in four days but i guess it probably it also helps that it's all at the same time so you're not counting the same birds it's just it's True. some big numbers to me on top of the 194 countries so and it goes back to citizen science. It's a way you could contribute and then look at all of that data that they're collecting. So do you guys know, this may, you may not be able to answer this, um, what that data is used for is it, or is it more just tracking populations and learning more about them? Or is it specifically used for anything? Right now that data is used very specifically I know for climate tracking climate change in where the birds are moving and it's really cool because we've had enough data and birders are super good because they want their list so there's an incentive for them to submit that data so they're very particular that it's good data um, and they've been able to put maps together showing how large populations of birds have moved based on this data and based off of climate change. So right now, that's that's one thing that I know for sure they've used. I'm sure they're using it for other things as well, but I know that they've put out like really, really big packages using that data and making some really, really cool maps based off that data. Very cool. I always, we always love promoting. I mean, I feel like tons of the projects we talk about on this podcast are citizen science, where we're just asking people for their help tracking different species. And with birding, that we're always asking for people's help, I feel like, in right. collecting the data. I do remember when we, when we talked to Rob, you know, over, over the years and stuff, you know, these long-term citizen science projects, like this one started in 1998. So it's not a short amount of time. And mm -hmm. just capturing these trends of where the birds are, what birds are in what location um, can be used for diversity of species, can be um, used for all sorts of different habitat um, indicators. And um, so it's important information as, as it goes along, but it's also important that it happens every February. Mm -hmm. And it's happening in real time across the world. Um, so I think th that's all valuable information. It is. And I do what I'm, we're kind of like almost to the end of the break. And I almost just want to cut it because I do want to get into, Julie mentioned our birding series, a webinar series for people to get into, um, especially 
Sounds like possibly new birders. So um, let's get into that right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are talking with Endow's Julie Watson and Jess Brooks about backyard birding because February 12th through 15th, correct me if I'm wrong, is the um, backyard bird count um, where anyone can take part. It's a global wide event. So um, let's keep talking about that. I think right before the break, I said we'll talk about our webinar series, but we will get to that. But I do want to finish talking about um, the bird count because we were saying it'd be awesome to point out some places for people to go. Um, Jess, do you want to start with Southern region? Yes, I'd love to. So um, some really great places, especially in the Southern region and the weather is so nice right now. Um, and tomorrow the backyard bird count starts. So it would be a great time to get out and you know, leave your backyard. But I really like to go to the Las Vegas wash. I live right by there. Um, and it's really wide open. There's a ton of trails and, uh, and you don't really see a lot of people, um, which is great for me because <laughs> I like to be away from people when I'm out in nature. Um, but you could also go to uh, Red Rock Canyon any of the urban ponds like Sunset Park or Lorenzi Park, which are kind of on um, opposite sides of town. You can also visit Spring Mountain Ranch. They have um, trails kind of for birds, which is super cool. And then we also have the Henderson Bird Viewing Preserve, but you know, you'll probably see a bunch of people there, but absolutely check it out. And of course the Clark County Wetlands Park, Pittman Wash, um, um, you know, any of those places, Boulder City, any anywhere. And it just hit me when you said the backyard bird count uh, starts tomorrow that a lot of people will hear this on Sunday when it's already started. But again, back to what we were saying in the beginning, it's only 15 minute maximum that you have to hit. So you'll still have plenty of time to head to some of these places that they're naming. Um, Julie, what about in Northern Nevada? So my personal favorite, one of my personal favorite parks in Reno, I guess I have two personal favorites since I'm getting into it, but I really like Rancho San Rafael. It's a great place because it has water features, but then it also has forests. And then you can also go back into the canyon and see more of those desert areas. And that's a good place for the larger raptors. I know I've seen a lot of hawks just hanging out on some of the rocks there. Um, I also really like Damani Ranch Wetlands Park, which is a great beginner trail. It's totally paved. It goes around a water feature. It's, it's a three mile trail, so it's not short. It's, it's large and the wetland area in it is also pretty large, but there are some very, very cool birds there. I've seen avocets there, black neck stilts, uh, harrier hawks, all sorts of really, really cool water birds. Um, that you can see Swan Lake is another place to go head out to. I also really like Washoe Lake 
for eagles, golden eagles and bald eagles, and maybe a pelican will be hanging out there. Uh, Galena Creek is also another good place for more forested birds if you're trying to diversify what you're seeing. A lot of good suggestions and I was actually thinking as you said that I even um I have this little I don't even think it's considered a lake behind my apartment I don't even think it has a name it's more of like a pond but just out there I could see red tail hawks I've seen just weird looking things that I can't even identify and people will actually be stopped on the trail just staring so pretty much anywhere where there a lot of the places you guys are naming just have if there's water there yes. you could find and cool birds. Ashley, you bring up a really good point. It is a great backyard bird count. So we just mentioned all these places that you can go to, but the cool thing about birds is you actually don't have to go anywhere to see them. There will be birds in your backyard too. So if you don't feel like traveling, you can still participate. You have options either way, or yeah. if you really want to travel, you could go listen to our podcast with Rob a few weeks ago on our SoundCloud, <laughs> and he had suggestions of where all the places he's traveled all around the state. So um, lots of good information. And then Julie, is there anything else you want to add about the great, great backyard bird count, right? Is that its full name? I keep calling it backyard. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, you were saying some interesting information just on all the people it benefits during the break. Yes. So we were talking during the break on how um, I think there's usually a disconnect between birders and hunters, but this is definitely an event and really just anytime, especially hunters that are interested in waterfowl, go to your spot where you hunt or go near that area, record what you see though, what you see there, different waterfowl, and all that data ends up in eBird. So the next time you go to go on your hunt, you can see what the frequency is of different waterfowl that's in that area. And you're contributing to that data that other people can use. So really anyone can be participating in this and it, it definitely benefits birders and hunters. I did not have any plans to participate, but I think I, it sounds so fun. Like, I'm just going to go hang out at that pond behind my apartment and um, get an eBird started because it really does sound fun. You yeah, and I was just laughing because I don't consider myself a birder necessarily. Like, But I was telling Julie that when I was driving to work, uh, there, there's this little pond that we go by and, and it was full of hooded mergansers in full plumage and... I'm like, oh my God, I was just nerding out about like seeing these mergansers. And I don't think of myself as a birder, but that's a great example of like how hunters or waterfowl, like just seeing it like that. And I always give Rob a hard time that his memory is probably like always going and thinking about like trying to identify all these birds. But I do that when I'm out hunting for waterfowl or if I'm scouting and I'm looking for birds. And people even that get into waterfowling, they're how do you know all those birds or how do you know all of them? Like just over time, you just get your memory. Yes, totally. And I think that waterfowl are a really super fun bird. That's a super fun group of birds to start birding with because they're distinctive enough. They're not like, you know, sparrows where it's like, I have no idea if this is not the same thing or not, but it's still challenging. And so it's like waterfowl hunters are birders. You have to be a birder because you have to know what you're shooting at. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Plus you, plus you feel the, so accomplished when you 
are finally like, oh, I was able to identify that bird without looking at my guide or without looking at my app. I remember the very first time I was able to identify a gadwall. Yep, it was a gadwall. I felt so good about myself. <laughs> and I didn't have to like look it up or anything. I was like, oh, that's a gadwall. I felt so accomplished. Even something as simple as a red tail hawk. <laughs> I remember I went on the raptor surveys and then after we went on those, I just, I mean, they are everywhere. So I'd see them everywhere, but I'd be like, that's a red tail hawk to other people like me who don't really know that stuff. <laughs> and they'd be like, whoa, you can tell you work for the Department of Wildlife now. <laughs> so it does. Red tail hawks a, are not that easy to identify though. Really? I think it's because I'm around you people. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Julie and our biologists and they're, they are all over the place. Um, when we're at, on those surveys. So, well, something we have to get into is our uh, birding webinars. So Julie, do you want to explain what these are? I was going to say, what better segue than to bring up our seminars and our webinars about how to identify birds yeah. and how to get into birding. That's true. Yes, exactly. And so, uh, we want everyone to be birders. It's a really, really easy way to become aware of the wildlife that's around you because birds are everywhere. And so one of our AmeriCorps actually had this idea. So every Wednesday at 7 p.m. The first one was actually last night, but um, we're gonna make a playlist on our YouTube channel that's just the birding one, the birding webinars. So you'll be able to go back and watch that stuff. But it does, it is focusing on beginner birdie, beginner birders and how to get into birding. And so last night's was the introduction to birding and those four basic concepts. Uh, next Wednesday, they all start at 7 p.m. to on 2.17, well, is on the birding toolkit and different tools. So it'll be covering optics, field guides, apps, all of that sort of stuff um, on the 24th. We will not have a birding series because that is the Urban Wildlife Week. So there'll be other opportunities to learn about birds that week, but we won't have the birding series. And then on March 3rd, there will be waterfowl ID, which is that you, Jess Brooks, that's doing that? It yeah. is. It's one of my favorites. I'm super excited about that one. She's really popular among the people who watch our webinars too, <laughs> so she's she awesome, so you'll have to check that out. I mean, I recommend them all, but Jess Brooks are, yeah, Jess Brooks are, are awesome. All great. I was going to say, she's popular with everyone, not just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julie's are very good too. I did the feather exploration with her. It was incredible, and I learned so much. Thank you, Jess. That's very nice. Uh, on the 10th, we'll be doing bird beaks and talking about the different adaptations. On the 17th, Jess and I will both be doing raptor ID. So if you want to join us for that, we'll be talking about how to ID some of Nevada's raptors. And Jess will be doing the next week on the 24th, we'll be covering owls, which is one of our most popular webinars uh, ever. <laughs> so definitely a cool one to hang out and uh, check out and then on the 31st, it will be on bird conservation. And we might have more as people come up with, but that's what we have scheduled up until the 31st, so. 
So I know, Julie, you mentioned that during the Urban Wildlife Week, we won't have um, a birding series webinar on Wednesday the 24th, but there is a related webinar the day before on the 23rd that talks about baby birds and what you should do if you do find a baby bird. So it is kind of related, um, but I do recommend that because we are going to see a lot of baby birds coming up pretty quickly. I was just going to say, please go listen to that, everyone. <laughs> please tune into that one because we get so many calls and it's no one's fault. They want to help, but um, there actually are things you should and shouldn't do when it comes to baby birds. So listen to that webinar. <laughs> and, um, and then just for people new to our webinars um, or who haven't attended before, you could just see them all on our Facebook page. And then if you click on the event, the registration through Zoom is right there, right? Is that how it works, Julie? Yep, that's exactly how it works. Go to our Facebook page. There's a registration link click the link, put all your information in, and then you will get an email an hour before the webinar starts, and uh, it'll have a link for you to join. It's all completely free, um, very easy to use. And, and then if they, miss the, if they miss the webinar, they can, some of them are recorded and up, put up onto our YouTube page as well. So you kind of want to go back to some of these that Jess and Julie have mentioned that were great, then you can always go back and kind of yeah, that's one of the number one questions we get in our Facebook messages since we started the webinars is, can I see this after? And then as Julie said, they'll create a, that one will actually have its own birding series playlist, but there is also a playlist called End Out Webinars where you could just check out all of the webinars that we've done. So definitely a lot of good stuff. Anything else you two want to add? Are you doing anything um, fun for the bird count? Are you going anywhere special? Jess, we could start with you. Uh, so normally I do, I do participate. I actually really enjoy the great backyard bird count. We, I also do the, the Christmas bird count. So this is sort of like an in-between, um, in-between migratory seasons, sort of. Um, this year, I think I'll just be doing it from my backyard. I have a couple hummingbirds and some house sparrows that visit and eat all of the seed within an hour. So um, I'll be, I'll be doing this year's from my, from my backyard. Fun and safe, COVID safe. <laughs> Julie? So I think I'm going to walk around my neighborhood so that I can see what's here. And then I think I'm going to go snowshoeing and try and record what I see there too. So. Where are you going to go snowshoeing? So I think I'm going to go up Tamarack Peak, which we've done before, but we did it in when it wasn't snowy and we didn't realize it was a snowshoe trail. So there's no trail up it in when it's not snowy. And so we want to go back and go up it when it's snowy. Oh, that sounds fun. Have fun, both of you, with your backyard bird counts. Like I said, I think I'm just going to go, I go run around that um, pond I'll say behind my house so I think I'll um just take part in the bird count while I'm out there Aaron are yeah, you I, anything yeah I think I'm gonna because I it is over Valentine's so my boys are my wife's Valentine so we have uh -huh. a she's she's a great cook so she cooks a gourmet dinner for that night it's like a, the boys get dressed up and stuff that is and, so cute uh, that is yeah so I think we'll take a maybe take a walk um, as a family and just see what we can see. The boys, I made the mistake of telling my boys that 
anytime there's magpies around, there's deer around. And so now anytime they see magpies, they're like, oh, there's deer around. Let's go find them. So they're then, like obsessed with it now. They're obsessed with it. Why did you tell them that? <laughs> because when you're looking for deer and you see birds like magpies flying around, if you watch them long enough, they do fly into where other wildlife are at. And sometimes, okay. sometimes with magpies, they'll land on deer and get the ticks or, you know, the little bugs that are on them. And so, yeah, and they just held on to that little piece of information. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, well, it sounds like everyone's going to have a fun Valentine's weekend. Um, definitely make this part of your Valentine's Day, whatever your family, whatever you're doing with your family or your loved ones. Um, take part in the great backyard bird count. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. I appreciate it. And that does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Thank you everyone for listening. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>